Saraswati, the goddess of intellect. Shaktivak, the creative power of sacred sounds. Namaskar. Today we shall explore the symbolism of goddess Saraswati in the universe of Hindu mythology. With the help of mythological metaphors, let's understand what Shaktivak, the power of speech personified by goddess Saraswati, is. This presentation has four main themes, Shaktivak and the materialization of essences, the creative power of sacred sounds, the four stages of speech, Sarasvati as Gnosis. A Bharatanatyan performance and an interview with Guru Dr. Sucheta Sapekar explaining the concept of Sarasvati representing Jnana Marga the path of knowledge will follow at the end of this presentation. Om Aim, O auspicious and resplendent Devi, all that comes in contact with you is purified, O Goddess who bestows wisdom. The Hindu worldview is all-inclusive, perceiving life and the cosmos as a whole that is interconnected, interacting at each moment. The Hindu's imaginative mind are inspired by an eternal unseen reality, which they translate into a variety of rich symbols. They personify all that can uplift them. May it be a stone, a tree, or a sacred word, as they are always in the perpetual search for oneness. From early observation of the natural powers interacting with their own life, they started personifying the powers of Mother Earth, such as river, thunder, or fire, in order to create an intimate connection with them, nourishing their lives and souls in the quest for liberation. The seers of ancient India contemplated on the nature of things. The contemplation of these symbols have been the fervent inspiration for their devotional souls. It has been like this for millennia. In a deep level of understanding, sacred symbols are sparks of light which perpetuates the wisdom of Bharata. Bharata is the ancient Sanskrit name for India long before the concept of a country. I shall start presenting the goddess through the symbolism of her attributes. The iconographic image of Sarasvati is often depicted with the attributes Avina, an Indian musical instrument of strings, a swan, an orchus, a peacock, a crystal, a japamala, and the book, which stands for the Vedas. Her iconography is typically in white themes from dress to swan to flowers, symbolizing sattva guna or purity, standing for discrimination, true knowledge, insight, and wisdom. 
Her dhyana mantra describes her to be white as the silver shining moon. The moon reflecting the light of the sun intellect. Ahamsa or swan is often shown near her feet. The swan is also a symbol for spiritual perfection, transcendence and moksha. In this sense, Sarasvati embodies not only knowledge, but also the experience of the highest reality. The description of the goddess in the Sarasvati Bandana is as follows. The one who is fair like the white jasmine colored moon and whose pure white garland is like frosty dewdrops. She's adorned in a radiant white garment and in her beautiful hands she holds a tuned vena. Her throne is a white lotus. She's surrounded and respected by the prominent gods Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva who always praise her. To that goddess, O Sarasvati, the Blessed One, from the root remove all my weariness, sluggishness and ignorance. In Shramad Devi Bhagavad Purana's first book and fourth chapter, it is stated, Brahma, you will be the generator of the universe. The goddess Sarasvati is your consort. She will be recognized as the goddess of wisdom and the primal sound. Lord Brahma, this goddess will be with you when you create the universe. In the manifestation of the created world, essences are crystallized in specific forms whose attributes generate distinct creative powers. In Hindu tradition, in order to create, maintain and regenerate the universe, the trinity of Brahma, Vishnu and Shankara are evoked. Their Shakti or manifesting powers are the three Devi, Sarasvati, Lakshmi and Parvati. Sarasvati is mentioned as a significant river deity in the Rig Veda, the goddess of abundant waters, personified as a Hindu holy river of the northwestern of India, known as Sarasvati. She is recognized for her blessings of nourishment, being considered the best of mothers. Her presence is wisdom, as she is the one who possesses speech. The goddess possesses the flow of speech, essence, that purifies the mind as knowledge or gnosis. She represents the feminine power of creation through truthful speech. By the lotus which surround thee, O auspicious and favorable Devi, forest fire of the forest of evil thoughts, whose lotus feet are worshipped by the universe, 
O lotus, seated upon a lotus, joyous you cause to those who salute thee, destroyer of ignorance, spouse of Hari, substance of the world. Sarasvati Stotra from the Tantra Sara. Sarasvati is known by many names in the ancient Hindu literature. Some of her epithets include Brahmani, power of Brahman, Vagdevi, goddess of speech, Vidyadhari, goddess who provides knowledge, and Brahmi, goddess of sciences. In all these attributes, we can see her essence as knowledge that purifies. Her presence remains significant as a goddess from the Vedic period until today. However, through the passage of time from a river deity, the concept has evolved and Sarasvati has been known as the goddess of knowledge, music, art, wisdom and learning. She is the inspiration of the poet, the vision of the artist, the sound heard by the musician, and the lightning inspiration of the seeker. Thus, this feminine deity embodies healing and purifying potency, which bestows the power of creation. Shaktivak, the power of speech and the materialization of essence. India has an unbroken tradition of speculations about the sacred sound or the word, of elaborations about the cosmogony and the magic powers of certain forms of sounds. These sounds are the mantras involving myths and diagrams, where the primordial sound or speech plays a vital importance. Myths and speculation about the powers of the word occurs as early as the Rig Veda. They are part of the Vedic mythic vision of the cosmos. The word with capital W was from early time regarded as a symbol of the Godhead, or more exactly, as revealing the divine presence within the cosmos, as the force that creates, maintains, and upholds the universe. Vak, a feminine word occurs in a number of isolated stanzas in various books of the Vedas, including those held as the oldest ones. The creative role of word seems therefore a notion present from the greatest antiquity, with hymns exclusively devoted to Vak. The goddess Vak, in Latin Vox, represented this creative power of sound which is hidden in the sacred words of the Vedas. Aim, Aim is the favorite mantra. Thou who art both form and formless, who art the wealth of the lotus face of the lotus born, embodiment of all gunas, yet devoid of attributes, changeless, and neither gross nor subtle. None knows in nature, nor is the inner reality known. Thou art the whole universe, and thou is it who existed within it. Thou art saluted by the foremost devas, 
without part, though existed in the fullness everywhere, ever pure are thou. Sarasvati Stotram from Tantrasara. Ancient scripture speaks of the universe as created by sound or cosmic vibration. Nada Brahma is known as the initial primordial sound of extremely high frequencies. From revelation of the sacred sound emanated the Vedas, Shruti, which is seen or heard, not made by its human authors. This is the eternal logos, breathed forth by Brahman, in whom it survives the destruction and creations of the universe. From frequencies of these cosmic vibrations, I issued four levels of sounds, which correspond to the various levels of subtle creation and manifestation. They are the four stages of speech. Paravak is the highest form of sound issued forth from the supernal ether, Paramam Vyumam where all the sound vibrations that build the various worlds pre-exist in an undifferentiated state. It is the subtlest aspect of sound in its transcendental aspect. Paravak is the fully unmanifest level of language, the supreme Shabda Brahman, the absolute expressed as transcendental sound. Paishantivak, that which sees or that which witness. It is the finest relative level of vak where there is no distinction between word and meaning. At this level, there is no temporal sequence. Pasha means to see, beholding a particular sound through revelation. Knowledge is acquired by sight without the use of reasoning faculty or sensory data. Thus, Paishanti refers to the visible sound which is experienced as a feeling or a mental picture, and this is the seed of all thoughts, speech, and action. Paishanti Vak is experienced in the case of sages whose consciousness perceives truth in a vision or revelation. Madhyamavak, it is the sound phenomenon that exists in between the formation of a thought as an idea, feeling, or image, and its expression on the material level as speech or action. It is the sound perceived in the subtle or the pranic level, manas. It represents the thinking level or the thought forms held in our minds. This is a more ordinary type of speech. They are our thoughts without sounds. Vaikarivak, it is the gross form of sound and it signifies outward expression. This is the spoken word emerging from our throat. Each level or state of sound corresponds to a certain plane of existence or a certain state of consciousness. The ability to experience the different levels of sounds depends upon the refinement of consciousness. 
This theory with the four levels of speech consistently and logically connects the existential situation of our mental process and speech to its metaphysical ground. For example, the starting point of speech originates in the mind in the form of ideation with the mental process Madhyamavak. This is a silent sound of thoughts and this is the actual origin of the spoken word which manifests in a glossified form, vaikarivak or speech. These are the two ordinary levels of speech. As Bhartari, a Sanskrit grammarian from the 5th century, propounded in his Vaikyapadhyā, ultimate reality is Shabda, word, in the sense of transcendental sound or vibration, Paravak. Bhartari states it thus, Vageva Vishva Bhavanani Nane. It is Paravak which has created all the words. Similarly, in Tantra, it is said that the universe was set in motion by the primordial throb, Adyaspanda, and that all objects of the universe are created by sound. Artha, Shristhe, Puram, Shabda, Shristhe, meaning that sound precedes the formation of objects. This is the highest forms of sound or speech. The Rig Veda 1.164.45 says, The Lord and Brahmanas, the wise ones who have control over their minds, know the nature of back speech, that it exists in four forms. Three are hidden. The fourth is what men speak. The whole material world is thus a manifestation of Shabda Brahman, the world of Brahman. Through the subtle vibration, Sarasvati personifies this power of speech. As the consort of Lord Brahma, she is the mother of the universe, the creative Shakti, holding and bestowing the power of creation. How does she create the cosmos? Being the Shakti of the Creator, she manifests and consolidates the world, bringing about the materialization of its sense. She's Vak, powerful speech, and the world becomes the world. In a beautiful quotation from Esotericism as a Principle and as a Way, chapter The Mystery of the Veil, page 38, Friedrich Schwann honored the eternal feminine that we are discussing in the Hindu tradition in the form of the Blessed Virgin. I quote, In Sufism, the Blessed Virgin personifies the pre-existential and existentiating Sophia, the Logos, inasmuch as it conceives creatures then engenders, then finally forms or embellishes them. If Mary does represent the unmanifest and silent logos, Nigrasum se de Formosa, Je suis noir, me belle, Jesus is the manifested and law-giving logos. 
the creative power of sacred sounds, the subtle and finest stuff that underlies all physical existence, the primal vibration of the universe, in Hinduism is symbolized by the sacred sound Aum. Sarasvati evokes this primordial substance existing before the manifestation of the world. Words having the potency to materialize concepts of a supracosmic reality are vehicles for conveying a sense as the gross level of sound is a consequence of the supracosmic spiritual vibration issued forth from transcendent reality and its divine sounds. According to this understanding, truthful speech also has the power of conveying the quintessence of the supracosmic realities, bringing back the appearance of phenomena to their intrinsic reality. In this sense, the purest the mind is, the more clarity of truth will be reflected in its ideation and consequently in the use of language. This is how one should honor the power of speech, our capacity to speak the truth, to communicate and to express ourselves. From the origin of time, the symbolism of the goddess inspires speculations about the potency of sounds and the creative and efficient energy, Shakti, which is both cosmic and human. This energy which humans can take hold through formulas, mantras or sacred names, having a magical value, are normally used in a ritual context. Through this practice, the sacred sound assumes the equal power of the primal creative principle itself. This is the nature of sacred words. By analogy, and on another level, any form of speech combined with truthfulness somehow partake of this magical potency. Here we enter into a more symbolic territory. The myth suggests that through the purity of language, one manifests that which is cultivated in the purified mind. In this sense, the utterance of truthful words have the capacity to bring about destiny in accordance with free will into reality when associated with truthful concordant actions. Here, the word is a force, it is active and can be used for action. As seen in the first inn dedicated to Brasparti, the lord of the sacred formula, the knowledge, jnana, of the origin and secrets of the sacred word are expounded upon. According to tradition, it begins, O Brasparti, that was the first unfoldment of the world, when they stirred into action, giving name to things. A formulation which points out to the major role of the world, that of placing names, namadheya, on things. Giving name, a mythic thought, not only in India, is giving birth, thus bestowing life. 
speech symbolized by the goddess, deep rooted in the vibrational order of the universe, has the ability to bring into existence realities which are held in the realms of archetypes. Sarasvati as Gnosis, with the notion of that which purifies flow and transmission, the potentiality of speech personifying the primary notion of a river deity ultimately evolved into a spiritual concept of a goddess that embodies knowledge, art, music, melody, muse, language, rhetoric, eloquence, creative work, and anything whose flow purifies the essence or self of a person. In the Upanishads and Dharma Shastras, Sarasvati is invoked to remind the reader to meditate on virtues and on the meaning and the very essence of one's activity, one's action. In some interpretations, Sara is translated as essence and Sva is translated to self. Thus, the name Sarasvati will translate she who helps realize the essence of Parabrahman with oneself. Sarasvati, like Gnosis, the feminine Greek noun referring to knowledge or awareness, relates to personal, spiritual or realized knowledge in contrast to purely theoretical knowledge in the sense of a set of concepts not experienced but mostly forming the guidelines for the quest of truth. On the other hand, the goddess bestows the spiritual knowledge of our ontological nature or the insight of one's real nature as divine. True knowledge of the self leading one to be delivered from the constraints of early existence. Thus, Sarasvati is not just the goddess of intellect, but also she is Brahmavidya itself, the goddess of the wisdom of ultimate reality. Though word intelligence, 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 the names are memory, resolution, mind, and inner praise, eternal and fleeting, great cause saluted by the Munis, the sages, new and old, sacred current of virtues, ever pure, beatos of color, the subtle element of things, Sarasvati Stotram from Tantrasara. Different traditions express eternal truths according to their own messages. Sophia, the unmanifest wisdom of the universe in the Greek tradition, is a feminine figure, one of the feminine aspects of God as an expression of the emanation of his divine light. Sarasvati represents this gnosis, a mature understanding which indicates direct spiritual experience or intuitive knowledge, mystic rather than rational thinking. Rational thinking being a lower form of speech, Madhyamavak, is subject to convention of thought and language. Gnosis is gained through intellectual knowledge 
realized as an inner experience or contemplation, rather than knowledge strictly concerned with the finite, natural, or material world, spiritual knowledge, gnosis of jnana, represented by the goddess, is the divine spark within us, which brings about the insight into the infinite, represented by the undifferentiated sound parabak, divine and uncreated in all and above all. Another potency of the creative world is the power of suggestion, rasadwani, which points to the sense of a thing in a certain way without making it explicit, but by stimulating our imagination. The goddess, personification of speech, is permeated with rasadwani, the power of suggestion. She invites us to experience that which is beyond phenomenal. Like through poetry, the goddess suggests awakening our imagination to witness as an inner necessity something that cannot be experienced only on the material level. This verified experience of the world is a silent speech a secret speech containing and manifesting the divine presence in this world. Through the power of silent sound in contemplation, one realizes that energy that brings myths and words into existence. But more than that, as a means to take hold through mantras or a sacred word, a sacred name, vehicle of the primal energy of Godhead, human beings progress towards liberation, going back to its very source, and therefore becoming freed from the chains of the becoming. This is an evidence in which the world is above all used as a means for liberation. It's not freedom or more exactly absolute autonomy, Svatantriya, precisely, one of the main characteristics of the Supreme World. Svatantriya is held by Abhinava Gupta, a tantric mystic from medieval Kashmir, is a fundamental notion referred to in his Trika philosophy as Svatantriyavada, the doctrine of freedom or autonomy. Absolute autonomy is the attribute of the highest aspect of Godhead. With the cosmic flow of emanation, this freedom gradually diminishes until creatures in our world are bound to the becoming. In a way, this is the materialization of essence to the process of crucifying sound. Progressively, the world from Paravak losing its absolute autonomy, its nature of a pure and free act in Godhead, becomes the human language, crystallized and subject conventions. However, if the free source, the sacred world, which is the pure foundation of this universe, is recognized, contemplated upon as the primordial sound, if human beings know how to use such forms of speech, 
the mantras and sacred names, free from the limitations of language and thought, they reconnect with that source. And as liberated wives still alive, they become identified with the purity, spontaneity, and creative autonomy of the very source of the world. The spiritual energy present in the sacred world is identical with the primal principle. Thus, when deeply contemplated upon, its autonomy dissolves the coagulation of our thoughts and our material existence into pure essence. Likewise, the divine spark within us frees itself from the material weight of existence in a reverse movement. From the materialization of essence in a reverse movement, through the invocation of the sacred word, the sacred name, our materiality dissolves into pure being. This is because the world is a direct expression of reality. The meditation and the invocation of sacred words is present in different traditions such as Japa Yoga in Hinduism, Zikra in Sufism, Ezekiasm in Christian Orthodox, among others. The contemplative tradition of invoking the world in different spiritual worlds seeks the same aim, stillness through an uninterrupted prayer of the heart. The sacred world is a universal reality which manifests itself in different forms according to its traditional and liturgical settings, providing a direct means for attaining the knowledge of the unmanifest by manifesting a sacred presence. In this way, through vibrational sound, God himself prays in man. The word or sacred name is the manifestation of God in man. The sacred form of a sound transmutes the nature of man and brings the eternal formless closer to him. In this way, it helps man reach the formless. The formless essence, paravak, descending the levels of speech, becomes form sacred word, so that the receptacle of the form, man, becomes his formless essence, once absorbed in it. Like the goddess, the sacred word or the primordial principle, which is indeed pure creative spontaneity, flashes forth in the heart of man, with its mercy, its impetuous power, overflowing the bounty of the divine. Playing the vina or holding the rosary and the sacred Vedas, you are the goddess of wisdom. Your speech is as sweet as honey. Seated on a lotus, you are calm at heart. Your presence captures our minds. Symbol of purity, you are dressed in a white saddle. The whole universe says, Victory to you.
We have so many gods. Each represents a quality. When you say Goddess Saraswati, she is Goddess of Muse. She is also Brahma's Saraswati, Goddess of Knowledge. She carries book and rosary. She wears white uh, garment, uh, symbolic of purity. So Saraswati is there in every school. There is picture of Saraswati. She represents the best in knowledge, best in music. because music is something which brings out so many beautiful things in life for each one there is a god i want to achieve this i have for dancers it is lord shiva the supreme dancer so all though they are different gods it is god is one so we have saguna and nirguna Nirguna has no definite shape or form. Nirguna resides in all saguna. So those dhyana uh, margis, those who want to go by intellect, for them Nirguna is there. They don't need to worship this god or that god. All these different forms of gods are. actually the highest in the qualities which a human being wants to achieve and that way indian pantheon is so rich and that's why you also like it anywhere anybody can imagine these nice lovely figures and can worship them and try to achieve something good in life